Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and I take you step by step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Today I have a very special person on the episode today. Her name is Danielle Bayer Jackson. She is a certified women's coach focusing primarily on friendship and communication, and she teaches women how to have better relationships with each other and founded Friend Forward, which is a digital community that provides coaching, research articles, and connection events for women looking to create and maintain true friendships. She also runs a PR agency that helps women entrepreneurs increase their visibility and enhance their reputation. So Danielle, welcome to the podcast. All right. Thank you for having me. (laughs) All right. So first question that I have for you, what I'd love to know is how did you get started on this journey, becoming a friendship coach of all things? Like, did you know somebody who was one or were you just exceptionally good at making (laughs) and keeping friends? (laughs) Give us the details. You know, it's so funny because, um, you know, I would say a couple months ago, um, if I would tell somebody, you know, yeah, I'm a certified French friendship coach. It's like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> and I'm like, I understand that reaction completely. But you know, this is not something that like I had on my vision board when I was 18. And I was like, I can't wait to help women make friends, but it's something that I stumbled into. So I was actually a high school English teacher for six years. And so I'd hear, you know, the teenage girls with their drama between classes, or they'd come to me, I think almost like in a big sisterly way after class about things. And I'm trying to help them through it. But then when I left education and got into public relations, Relations, I'm speaking to these, you know, high-powered women, these entrepreneurs, VPs at startups. And when we get alone and we're having strategy sessions, somehow the conversation turns personal. And on that level, I'm discovering that they don't have any friends because they're so ambitious or career-driven. And I had an aha moment of like, oh my God, wait, this is like a thing. Like in every season of your of womanhood, you have to learn how to navigate friendships. And so it kind of became a spiral because I went home that same day and I went on Amazon and I looked up friendship books. I was just curious. And anything that comes up is about friendship for kids. Like it's all very juvenile, but when you look up, you know, motherhood books or marriage resources, tons of that stuff, but there isn't anything, um, to help us maintain friendships with other women. What are we supposed to do? What do we say? Um, and so that's kind of when the obsession took off. And so I went to get certified as a coach and became obsessive in my own studies and interviewing psychologists and doing my own surveys. And so it's been two years and it's been, um, a really fun journey so far. That is so cool. I love how observant you are because I agree. I think I've seen, I've seen that happen and I've experienced obviously the struggle with friendship, especially as we, you know, after becoming a mom, but like, I've never, ever thought like, oh, where do I go to for help with that? But you know, what's so cool. I always end up saying this too, on this podcast. I feel like as I speak to different experts, I'm like, I think it's the coolest thing in the world that there's something out there for everybody. Like for every problem, we can find somebody to help. Like I I just love that about our 
like generation and what we have access to right now. So I'm so grateful to have you here. I've been, I like listen to your podcast every week as every new drop episode drops, I'm listening. And I'm like, damn, like, that's a good point. Or, oh, like even just rekindling friendships, I have been so much better at that now, like so much better. So I know that the listeners today, we're all going to, we're all going to get lots of um, really good advice from you. So what we're doing for this episode, this is all part of self-care week at MLE. And um, I know that friendship is such a huge part of taking care of your mental health and giving you life and giving you joy as an adult for sure. But that being said, no matter how much I know it's good for me and no matter how good I feel after coming back from like a a lunch meeting or, or a lunch date with a friend or like a night out with a friend, I personally find it so incredibly hard to maintain friendships since becoming a mom, mainly because I feel like I have no time for friendships. And it's even worse since becoming an entrepreneur because I have like (laughs) person, I have like my family comes first, then my work, like my job. And then it's like my personal time. And I'm an introvert too. So like I need to recharge by staying at home and like having me time and like getting me out of the house is hard. So it's like, then my friends come into into play. And so again, it's a really hard thing for to for me to accomplish, but let's just talk on, you know, in terms of how most moms feel, the common factor that for most moms would definitely be the time factor, I would say. So what advice do you have for mothers, new mothers, mothers who have been moms for like 10 years, doesn't really matter. How can we maintain friendships. I'll just stick with maintaining. Let's talk about making friends later. (laughs) Um, How do we even have them and incorporate them, you know, as part of our life as a mom? Yeah, it's so hard because our days become, you know, the, the feedings and the washing and the changing and the nursing. And it's like, you know, I I wonder what the, the data or research is on when you stack all that up, how many hours a day are we just mothering, you know? So it does kind of consume such a large part of our lives. And so with that being such a high demand, it almost feels silly to schedule a brunch because it's like, I have so much to do. I don't have time for this. So the first thing I like to start with is we have to figure out a way to stop viewing friendship as a luxury and nice to have. And if I have time left over, I'll get to it. Most of us are pushing friendship to the margins of our lives. We're putting family first and then whatever makes us money second. And then if we have the time left, then maybe we'll like go out with, you know, Susie. And we have to stop looking at it as a nice to have. It is a need to have. And there's way too much research that points to, you know, the detriments of a lack of a strong social network on our physical, mental, and emotional health. And I'm glad that we're starting to have the conversation very broadly and openly about loneliness and friendship. And I think the pandemic has made people more comfortable saying like, man, I feel kind of lonely. I feel I miss my people. I don't have friends. I think we're now getting comfortable with that. And I'm glad because we don't talk about friendship enough from a health perspective. And I feel like if we did, more moms would be like, oh, no, no, no. I have to make time for this. This is like, I, I see how it's affecting my health. And so the first thing was like a mindset shift. The second thing would be maybe redefining what it looks like to be with your friends because we'll say, oh, I don't have time for friends. But what you really mean is it's really hard for me to get out and go to brunch every weekend. Yes, agreed. But as far as time for my friends, well, wait a second, I do. I can hop on the phone for a 10-minute chat. There's new research that shows that you know a 10-minute phone call might be more fulfilling for you than like a, a an hour-long Zoom happy hour because you have to sit, you have to be present. You're still kind of thinking about, you know, being on and the camera's on. But if you have a a 10 minute 
distraction-free phone call that the results of what that does to your mood and how happy you feel afterwards. And we all know this. We chat with a good girlfriend and we're like, oh my God, that was mm-hmm. great. Do we have time for that? Yes, we do. Even the busiest of us, I'm, I'm another one. I like to work, you know, mm-hmm. and I know that I can make time for a 10 minute call, but I've got to reframe my thinking and see that call and taking that time is super important. Also, I know it's not very sexy to, you know, say, you know, get it on the calendar, but that's exactly what we're going to have to do, you know, so that we know, hey, I can tell my husband, Thursday at six, I'm chatting with the girls. I'm letting everybody know because I have to be intentional about this. I know that I need to stop my, you know, work meetings at five 30 because I got a call. So sometimes it allows us to intentionally make sure that we follow through with that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, you know, just finding ways to fit it in where we can in our lifestyle. So it's a mix of being intentional, but if the demands are such in your life now that you can't hang out at brunch every weekend, understandable, but we can certainly do a phone call or um, send a meme. I mean, at first I'll be honest, I like to be transparent when I, you know, grow in my thinking, because I used to say like, we are not going to sustain friendships on memes alone. And that's still Mm -hmm. true. But if there's so much going on in our world and the way that I'm staying in touch with you right now is sending little quick things back and forth to show you I'm thinking of you. It still keeps me top of mind in your life. It still shows you there's somebody out here who's you came to my mind and that feels good. So if that's if that's all you got right now, you know, that's a really good starting point. And we we can get a little credit for that too. But we've got to be intentional because it's it's certainly um really important to our mental, physical, and emotional health. Okay, yes. All right. So many good things that you just said there. I need to break down some of them a little bit more. Okay. So I love that you said reframing how you think of it in your mind. So that's a big one for me because I agree. I tend to think of it as like a selfish thing. And I tend like typically anyway, I'm starting to change my mindset around it. Right. But I typically would think, well, how can I look, you know, go hang out with a friend or like you said, go for brunch or whatever, when my house is dirty, when my kids need food, when I have to, you know, and I also prioritize other things like other self-care things over friendship, which I shouldn't. I know I actually feel way better when I like once a week go see a friend versus, you know, that Saturday go to a gym class. Like it depends, but for everybody, but for me, like if I know I can fit that thing in, I actually know I feel better. But for some reason, I'm like, that's not as important as making sure I have this, this, and that. So I think that's the first thing that I need to work on. I know a lot of us need to work on. It's like, this is continuing to refill our cup. This is like, I always talk about this too. And especially during self-care week, like we're always reminding our moms that like, we have to be feeling rested. We have to be, you know, have our needs fulfilled in order to be a good mom. And if that's our priority, then this should be our priority is like, we need to make those connections. We need to have those conversations. We need to be, have someone to vent to and connect with and, you know, So I think that's a really important thing. Um, The other thing that you said, which really resonated with me, it's funny because the whole meme thing, I know that if I get a text from a friend that is literally like a meme or like sometimes one of my friends literally sends riddles. It's so the funniest (laughs) thing in the world, but she'll send a riddle like once a month. And I'm like, oh my God, it's her riddle. Like it's, it's riddle time. Like, it's just so silly. And our group just like, we try to figure it out. You know, it probably takes us like a week because we're all so busy, but you know, that's it. And that's all we do, but it makes us feel connected. And I think that's, that's a good thing for also for me to remember, because my next question for you is, I'm bad. I'm, I feel like I'm bad at maintaining friendships, especially again, since starting, you know, becoming a mom, because 
I am not the one to follow up weekly. I am not the one to answer your text within even 24 hours. Like it will be two days. And then it's like a dead conversation. So do you, do you recommend, or do you have any tips around that? Like, should I only be talking, or I should say investing my time in friendships with other moms who maybe understand that and who are in the same position? Or do you think there's a way for me to sustain, you know, friendships with, with women who aren't moms, uh, maybe past friends or whatever that, you know, can, it won't be hurtful to them, you know, them thinking I'm just ignoring them. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things, the first thing I would say is I think it's great when women are self-aware like that. And they're like, Hey, I know that I can step it up in this area and I'm not, you know, and this is how I prefer to communicate. So the first thing I like to say is to articulate that first of all, now, some of the friends who've known us forever, they already know, but letting people know, especially new friends, like, Hey, I'll let you know that, you know, I, I get distracted and sometimes I don't get back to text, but that's something that almost like if we put in a romantic context, we know that we'd have to communicate with our partner or like we're dating somebody new. Hey, just so you know, this is how I am. This is what I like, but there's something with friendship where we have this expectation that because we're women, we're friends. Like, I don't have to spell it out. Like that kind of kills the vibe. You should just get it. And that's not true. And so the first thing is to communicate that about yourself. Hey, just so you know, I am so delayed with texting. It doesn't mean I'm not thinking about you, but I just, I, I'm trying to get better at that. But it lets her know so that if she's ever interpreting my three days of silence as, oh, I guess Danielle lost interest, or I guess she's upset with me. I made it clear from the beginning. That's my thing. I'm working on it. Just so you know. Um, it also helps to say things like, hey, I'm actually more of a phone person. So I have a friend who, you know, she does not like to text. She just wants to get on the phone. And I, I don't mind either, but I know that since that's what she likes, that's what I do with her. And so with other people I text, but I know she doesn't like that. So I'll just, after like one or two, I know she's probably annoyed. And so I'll just pick up the phone. Hey, really quick. I just wanted to ask you this and we can have a quick call. And so it's about communicating. It's about adapting. Now, when it comes to mom friends versus non-mom friends, you know, we tend to become friends with people we see all the time. That's why we became besties with our classmates or, you know, the girls who lived on our same floor in the dorm. And there's a study that even showed that, you know, we tend to become friends with those we're close to. It's just a matter of repeated exposure. It's proximity. So we, that's why we end up becoming friends with, um, you know, coworkers. Cause I see you all day long, every day. And so it turns into like a happy hour, which turns into like, talk about, you know, your life. And so whoever you're spending the most time with, it's probably where your new friendships will emerge, you know, mm -hmm. just by definition. But if you're saying like, Hey, I think I, I want to switch it up or I want to have non-mom friends. Cause I don't want to talk about, you know, diaper cream all day long. I want to switch it up. You know, then I suggest doing little things like maybe you have friends of friends who often get together and asking to be a third wheel. I know that makes us, you know, I don't want to seem clingy or desperate, but if you have friends who, you know, are very extroverted and very social and they're always up to something, even saying like, Hey, I'm trying to, you know, switch up what I do a little bit. The next time you, you know, have a little something, you know, think of me or I'd love to come, you know, but we, people don't know how to help us if we don't make it known. And so letting friends know who I have, like, Hey, the next time you do something in a group or next book club or whatever, I, I would love to come. I'm, I'm trying to get more plugged in mm -hmm. and people are happy to help. And so it just, is a matter of being intentional and spotting opportunities to, um, make the kinds of friends you want where you want, but how are we positioning ourselves to develop those bonds? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. I think that is one of my things is I overthink, like, it's so simple to just tell my friends, like even just going back to like, okay, well, I'm not going to text you back in 24 hours. Like that's just an expectation. <laughs> and, you know, if you're upfront about it and they know that you're not doing that in a, you know, 
to be mean or rude or whatever, because you don't care about them, then maybe it makes it a little bit more possible for me to actually maintain a friendship versus me thinking, oh, it's dead. And actually what happens is I'll go a period of time where I haven't reached out to them. And then I just feel guilty. And then I feel awkward. Mm. And then I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I guess that whole, I just ruined it. Like friendship's dead. Like I need to find a new friend. Like it's so crazy how I overthink things. But I think women as in, as a whole, I think we do this. And like, I talk to my husband all the time because he has never, like his friendships have never changed. You know, he still is friends with his best friend from when he was young um, and then like his soccer friends and you know, everything like that. And he's added more work friends and he's got like this whole crew of people that he sees on a regular basis. And I'm like, how do you do that? I don't understand. And I think it's because he always tells me, he's like, you overthink it. You know, if you want to have girlfriends over, you're like, well, my house has to be clean. Like I have to make sure we like, I'm cleaning like three hours before and like, I've got to get some things to serve them. And like, I want to make this pretty little tray. And like, I've got to make sure that the kids are taken care of. And he's like, just invite them over and he'll do that. You know, he'll have his guy friend over in the midst of our crazy Saturday morning, like breakfast and running around and doing things. And he'll just like tag along in the car or like, you know, sit down and they'll, they'll, eat with us or whatever. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a separate event. So I think that that is something that we can all get better at is just stop the overthinking maybe. But yeah, I don't know if you have any like advice on, on that. Is that a thing that you see like a difference between even moms and dads? Yeah. Well, you know, they say male friendships tend to be more activity based. So I even saw something that said that, you know, it's wonder, we're wondering if male friendships suffered during the pandemic more than women's because men tend to do things together. And that social backdrop is what they need to, you know, then have the conversations, but they're doing something in the meantime. But meanwhile, for a lot of women, you just give us each a cup of coffee and we're good. And we're just going to chat for the next three hours. And so, you know, our friendships themselves kind of look a little different. Um, I'll offer, I'll also offer this. I was recently reading that there's a a study that was um, trying to gauge how we define friends as men and women. Is there a difference there? And so they were, um, they gave a series of questions to women and men and asked them about their friendships and things like that. And it was asking them questions like, you know, do you have somebody who you could call if you got in a pickle? And they're like, yes. But they noticed that when they asked men about like the names of some of their friends and things like that, or uh, do you have somebody who, if you had to ask them to borrow money, you have somebody in your life who you could Mm -hmm. like a friend. And there were some men who are writing down the names of people who'd passed away and they didn't even know. And the takeaway there is men will use that phrase for a while. They'll call somebody their friend or their buddy from like 30 years ago who they have not seen in 25 years. And they're still using that phrase for us. Since we have so much emotional intimacy and closeness in our friendships, if I haven't seen you or spoken to you in 10 years, I'm probably not using that word Mm -hmm. Um, or even five or even one year. If we haven't spoken, I'm probably not going to even use that word. And so for us, we do need the the closeness and I need to see you. I need to be talking to you. And we use that word, you know, sometimes loosely. And then we take it away loosely when we feel slighted or that there's distance. And it's like, well, I guess this is not a friendship anymore. I need a new one. You know, so we, you know, it it just looks a little different the way that we bond with each other. And and I always like to say, I know I'm generalizing a little bit here, but, you know, typically um, that's kind of how it works. And for you, you know, I think it's interesting you saying, you know, but I feel like if I have them at the house, I got to do all these things. So if we were, see, if I was coaching you, I'd ask questions more about, you know, 
why you feel that everything has to be presentable before we can let friends in, Mm -hmm. you know, because a little bit of that is that word vulnerability. When we think about vulnerability, we think about like crying our eyes out and telling our secrets, but it means taking a risk and, and feeling safe being seen. So what friendships do we have where it's okay with her? If my house is not together, I trust she's not going to judge me or think that I, I don't have my household in order. I trust that she doesn't care um, and that she's not going to think differently of me. Even that is an exercise in vulnerability. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, I'm hosting an event. It's just my girls coming to hang. And yeah. I trust that I don't have to be presentable um, for her to come and, and spend time with me. You know, So a lot of you know calls to question some of those things too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think that that is a big thing for me is uh, it's almost, it's actually how I was raised. And I I know this isn't like a personal Mm. coaching session, so I'm not going to go into this (laughs) in too much more detail, but I just know that's how friendships are like in my world, like my mom's friendships and like the people around me, that's kind of how it it always was for, you know, for what Mm. I would see. So I think that's what it is. And also, combined with the fact that I think, well, they're not moms. So a lot of my friends, to be quite honest with you, they just started having babies. Like, And it's even still a small percentage of the others. So I think that's also where I'm like, well, they won't get it because they're not moms. So I have to be like I was before. You know what I mean? So again, the overthinking. And I just, I have to, again, I think what you said in the very beginning of this episode, remember the purpose and remember the priority that friendship has in your life and what it does for you. It is not like a thing that comes later and a thing that comes when things are great and perfect and whatever. It's like a necessity. It really, really is. And I always am reminded every time I leave, it's true. I'm like, I had a good laugh. I feel so rejuvenated. I feel alive again. I feel like I have like room to breathe again, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, and I'm always like, why don't I do this more? You know, why do I over overthink? So you're not, yeah, you're not alone in that. And, and research even shows us that, you know, we're all kind of familiar with, you know, fight or flight, um, but they read it, that study with women and they found that we actually have two more responses to stress and it includes tend or befriend. So one of the responses we have when we're feeling really stressed is to seek out a female friend mm-hmm. and to talk and to try to process what just happened. And it's proven that when we do that, we release oxytocin and it literally calms stress, you know, that, that calm stress. So literally being with my friends, like how you're describing, I feel so rejuvenated. I'm always like, wow, that I feel like this high I'm on top of the world. Right. And it's proven that that's literally something that happens when two women come together. And so even from that perspective of like, oh my God, I do need to be like reeling my friends in, you know? And of course that doesn't mean, you know, whenever I need to emotionally dump, I'm like, okay, let's hang out. But yeah, it is something that really does help us to de-stress. And I think that's maybe holding that in our mind will help us be intentional about seeking it out that we need our girls and, and people who don't have strong support networks are more inclined to have heart health issues and depression and anxiety. And they're saying that, you know, loneliness, the effects of it on our body um, is, has the same impact of smoking 15 cigarettes a day, the same impact of obesity. And it's just like, wait, what? And that's what I mean. If, if we can kind of hold fast to that truth in our minds, would we be more intentional about, oh my God, okay, I need to, I need to be checking in. How are you guys doing? Um, because, you know, especially in motherhood, like, yeah, we're surrounded by people. So it's like, can you really be lonely? You've got the kids running around, you've got, you know, your husband, but sometimes motherhood can feel very 
isolating, especially if you're in a household where you're the mom doing all the things and it feels like that's your role. I'm, I'm fixing their food. I'm making the bed. I'm, I'm coordinating everything for, you know, Saturday's afternoon out, but I know that if I don't, it's not going to get done. And so sometimes that feels very isolating and that in itself can make us feel like no one gets me. Nobody understands like my unique job and the demands of what I do every single day. And that kind of thought process is, is dangerous. And so we need friends to kind of see I'm not alone, you know, and I think that's where mom friends serve a special role because she can be like, girl, same, you know, so I need somebody to validate. Yes, that is overwhelming. I feel you. Yeah, me too. And so I think that's a special role that our mom friends have. And I think non-mom friends, I think are helpful because it helps remind us who we are outside of motherhood. And friends have such an impact on shaping our identity. Like that's where we learn, okay, what's normal? What's not? Who do I want to be? My values. We're developing that stuff, even as adults, alongside our friends together through talking and, 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 you know, hashing things out. I'm learning who I want to be. And so I need non-mom friends too, to remind me that I'm not just mom, I'm Danielle. And we can, and I can have conversations outside of, you know, talking about, you know, lice and sunscreen and <laughs> sniffles. And, you know, I, I need to be reminded of, of that side of myself. And so I think if we understood more deeply the impact to our health and in our identity and being reminded of who we are just as women, you know, without motherhood attached, um, friends can serve a really great role in that way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. So, so true. I want to quickly touch on the changes that many women see as they move from non-mom to mom. So, so no kids. And then, you know, they had their friend group or whatever, however many friends, one friend doesn't matter. And then you all of a sudden become a mom and some of the changes you can expect to see, to feel, and how can you kind of cope with it? Because I know this was also a huge thing for me as well. Yeah. Well, one is when we do start to notice some friendships fade or shift, you know, I hear some women that are like, well, I guess she wasn't, you know, really a friend because I had my kids and she disappeared. But I always say like, let's give a little benefit of the doubt. You guys have never had practice being friends this way. So let's give everybody a breather. You are used to doing things spontaneously and, you know, the activities you do together, you don't have to schedule around these kids. So we've never had practice being friends where we have to calculate so much. Well, you know, he'll take the kids at six. So if we do seven o'clock, they're, they're not used to it. Um, so that's one. We've never had practice in this arena. The second thing is I noticed that we start to make a lot of assumptions for each other. So non-mom friends will assume Oh, she, well, she probably can't go. She's got the kids and they have the trip, you know, yeah. or they'll, um, you know, plan the lunch or they're not being mindful of your schedule. So they'll have a lunch at one o'clock and you're like, well, I can't, my kid's napping. I can't come out at one o'clock. And so we tend to make a lot of assumptions for each other and mom friends, we do it to non-mom friends too. Like, oh, she probably won't get it. And so just, you know, forget it, or she probably won't want to come. And so there's a lot of that too. And that's not malicious. If anything, we think we're being generous and mindful of her of saying like, well, she probably can't come. So I'm not even going to bother her by asking. So a lot of that disappears as well. And then because of the things that are placed on our, you know, play and in the new demands and things like that, you know, it does affect how much mental energy we even have for certain people. And so it doesn't mean we don't love them, but I mean, you really can only maintain so many friendships. And so kids take up so much of our mental energy. There's a, 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 I guess a study, there's research done by somebody named Robin Dunbar, and the concept is called Dunbar's number. And the idea is that 
our brain can only maintain 150 connections. Now, I think social media has made us think differently because we're like, but I have 4,000 followers. So like, I can do more. I can do more than 150. But really like as terms of how many people our brain knows and remembers, we're talking about, you know, the barista we see every day, our, our husband's cousin who we see every year, 150. So if you think of that as one large circle and then concentric circles inside of that circle, the smallest circle, the number is five. You can only maintain mentally five strong connections. Mm -hmm. And when you have a romantic partner, that person takes up two of those spaces, leaving you with three. And so we really can't even maintain the 10 friendships that we you know, are used to having. And the pandemic, I think, has shown us that. Extroverts tend to push back when I say that. And they're like, no, I've got like eight best friends. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You know, you just really like people. But when even in that group of eight best friends, you've got like the two people you really connect with, you really trust more than the others. And so I like to offer that for women who are like, oh, I don't, I don't even have as many friends as everybody else. No, you're totally normal. And also with that being said, I hope it allows us to breathe a collective sigh of relief because when you become a mom, yeah, it just sucked up some of those spots because of everything you have to store up in your brain and you're stressed and the emotions. So no, you probably can't maintain the six close friendships that you had before kids. And that's okay. And thankfully those kids grow up and you get to kind of, you know, stretch out a little bit more and get back out there. Thank, you know, thank God for that. But if we're thinking like, wow, motherhood changed, where did all my friends go? There's a lot of things playing a role, but if you can be intentional as much as you can, you know, with, with the demands of your kids and, and things like that, then at least it helps a little bit, but no, it's not just in your head. If like, where did my friends go when I had kids? It's a, it's definitely a natural consequence of, you know, kids. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And that really helps put into context is like, how many people can you even have a relationship with? You know, sometimes you have to, I think for me, I took it personally, like they disappeared. They don't care. They didn't come see my kids or, you know, whatever it might be, or they don't understand why I can't make it out that night, you know? But I think now I'm on, I'm almost on the other end. I want to say I'm pretty much there because my kids are 12 and 10. They don't need me anymore to, you know, watch their every move or even like my older son babysits the youngest, like they can do their thing. So I have now rekindled so many old friendships and I've been able to participate and like feel like, okay, I'm getting that part of my life back. So I think also I'm understanding that like, you know what, this is a season of life I'm going to go through where maybe this isn't going to click. It doesn't mean, you know, we never liked each other or anything. Sometimes it will work and we'll have those few select friends that we know we can maintain that friendship with that were the closest people to us that, you know, will get you, you know, as you go through this period. And then after that, it's like, okay, you can shift. Things can change. Life is going to change again too, right? So just understanding too that it's all temporary and that there will be different changes because just like we were, you know, we had our, our I don't know, I don't even want to know if we called them friends, but we had like a group of like 50 people we'd hang out with in high school, <laughs> you know, every weekend you'd have tons of people and then it like changes in university and then it changes again, you know, as you get married and you have couple friends and then it changes again as you have a kid. And, you know, so it's kind of putting it in that lens, I think is definitely, definitely, I think the way to go from what I'm learning anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to be intentional at keeping those friendships too, you know, for our kids sake, you know, I didn't even, you know, we didn't mention that, but my kids need to see me model, you know, mm -hmm. laughing with a friend and listening. They need to see me resolve conflict and not just be so giggly with my friends. But if, if I say something and she's like, Danielle, that 
was not cool. And, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even know. Okay. My bad. I, I didn't even know that that was messed up. They need to see all that, but where are, are they learning it? And, you know, I was recently doing a podcast interview and the host said, wow, I was thinking about it and my mother didn't have any friends. And it just like, it, it, like even saying it now gives me goosebumps because a lot of us haven't even made that connection. Like who was the first person to model for me? Yeah. What it looks like to, to have friends or to host them or to laugh together or to cry together and work through a problem together. Who's showing me that. And so, you know, for those of us who are battling right now with, you know, what you mentioned earlier, like feeling selfish, like, oh God, I'm, you know, I, I'm taking time for me. I could be pouring into my kids right now. I could be fixing lunches for tomorrow. You know, if it helps at all, your kids need to see you have friends. And so hopefully that can alleviate any guilt. Some of us feel about investing and pouring into our friendships. Your kids need to see that. Oh my God. So good. I love it all. Okay. You got to let us know how we can learn more about you and get in contact with you and your programs and all that good stuff. So tell us where we can find you. Yeah. So uh, the name of the, the the coaching program I run is called Friend Forward. And um, our website is simple. It's just betterfemalefriendships.com. And so it's um, coaching. Women are often like, wait, I can get coached for this? It's like, yes. you know. So if you're noticing patterns in your own friendship, hey, I noticed that I, I always pull away or I'm quick to cut off women when I feel offended, but now I don't have any friends. You know, So if you're noticing themes about your own self and how you perform and operate in relationships, we can help with that. Um, so coaching, we have uh, virtual events. So we've had fun things like um, mixology lessons during the pandemic. And we have like a, a little style, you know, a stylist coming through in two weeks to show us how to um, style our thrifted finds. Um, so we're always trying to do something to connect women and get things going. But um, we're on Instagram at friend forward, but everything you can, you're looking for in terms of resources would be at betterfemalefriendships.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I learned so much. I know everyone listening today has learned so much as well. So I hope to have you on the podcast again soon. Thank you for having me.